Greetings and welcome to Cool Radio Stories, a podcast for independent radio stations in small to medium-sized markets, presented by Cool Radio Streaming. Now here's your host, Tom Dobrez. Welcome to another episode of Cool Radio Stories. I'm your host, Tom Dobrez, and today I have a special guest. He's a friend of mine, indeed, one I've made through my years in the radio industry, and you know, that's one of the great things about working in this industry is you end up making lifelong friends uh, that also can kind of help you with your business and give you some advice. And that's exactly what I'm hoping uh, you will hear today as we hear the cool radio story of Scott Murray. He's the president of Big Deals Media. Big Deals Media and, and Scott has developed a platform that uh, hundreds of radio stations across the country are currently using to enhance their client base as well as, and more importantly, perhaps increase revenue um, by maximizing uh, radio's uh, strengths and also creating more of an accountability of how radio works. Oftentimes we uh, stumble with advertisers who will say, well, how do I know it's working? Well, what Scott's program does is give you a, a real accountability as well as enhances the presence of your radio station in the marketplace and also let your uh, client base know that you're on the cutting edge because it's some really interesting digital technology that Scott has incorporated with his company. Uh, Scott himself is a radio station veteran for years, which we'll hear about. Uh, so sit back, enjoy, and we hope you learn a, a great deal here as we get prepare to hear the cool radio story of Scott Murray. Scott, thanks for joining us. Tom, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, we appreciate you joining us. We've got a lot to get to, but uh, we always start this podcast with the same question of my guest. What was your radio job number one, your first job in the radio industry? I started in radio. Well, I'll take a quick step back. The reason I got into radio was because I was failing as a business major in college, and I could not get through all of the requirements of, that a business major uh, is required. I was really at one of those crossroads. I remember my sophomore year in college, and I was a member of a fraternity. Uh, I was at this party, and our faculty advisors were at this party. And one of the faculty advisors at Bemidji State was a gentleman by the name of Bob Smith, who became a really good friend. And I was telling him, cry, probably crying in my beer, that College wasn't going so great, and I wasn't sure what to do. And he said, why don't you come on over and take a look at MassCom? And uh, he was the department chair. And the first two classes I took was an intro to media and, a, and an intro to radio. And they throw you on the air on a, uh, one of the two radio stations on campus. And I had always loved radio as a kid. I was one of those guys that had the little crystal radio set in my headboard, and I'd listen to it late at night before I went to bed. And uh, I thought, well, I'll give this a whirl and instantly fell in love with it. And so I was very early on picking up uh, how to be on the radio and the whole thing. And then a help wanted sign showed up on the bulletin board at the mass comm department at BSU. And they said they were looking for part-time help at an AM FM. This was back in the eighties. So this was 
the, the downtown AM FM station in Bemidji, and they were looking for part-time help. For all I knew, I thought they were looking for someone to empty the garbage cans. And so I applied for the job. I thought, well, if I'm going to get a career in radio, I better check this out. So I went down there and I was introduced to, to James Rasmussen, who Minnesota broadcasters know is, uh, is, is uh, that's a legendary name. And he was the PD there at the time. And he said, so how much on-air experience do I have? And I, and I said, well, I've got one quarter of intro to radio. He said, good enough. And uh, that's how it started. And I started spinning the, uh, the Dick Clark National Music Survey on Saturday afternoons from 1 to 4 o'clock was pretty tough. You know, there's a, there's a lock band there between segments. And then I would insert my local commercials after the national commercials. And then I got to actually read the weather. That was my first job in radio at $3.35 an hour. <laughs> All right. So that took you through college, I presume, then. It, it, it probably helped pay that, that graduation bill that as well, right? But, oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So out of college, um, radio, uh, you did a few things in radios, I understand, but then you got into other media as well. Yeah. So I graduated, you know, so after two, two plus years in, in the mass comm department, I, I, I rose through the ranks at the, the stations. I thought, well, if I'm going to, I wanted to get into the business side of radio. I knew that from the beginning because I was okay on air, but that was not my, my future. My future was on the business side of things. And uh, another legendary uh, broadcaster, uh, radio person, Tim Shears, really became a um, mentor, if you will. He was the sales manager uh, at that AM FM station in Bemidji and uh, later became my boss at the MNN Radio Networks uh, several years later. But in between, uh, I graduated, I went looking for a job in radio and, you know, in sales. And, you know, those, those jobs were so hard to come by back in the mid to late 80s. I mean, those, those account executives, at least in major markets, were making big dollars. And I, I was living, I grew up in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and that's where I wanted to settle and, and start my career. And I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get a job uh, at any of the radio stations. And so I actually got hired by a newspaper. And I spent the next 12 years working in sales, sales management for uh, suburban a big suburban newspaper chain, a company called Advo, the nation's largest direct mail company, and then uh, went to work for uh, the St. Paul Pioneer Press, which was one of the Knight Ritter newspapers, just a wonderful company. And, you know, those 12 years working in the newspaper industry, you know, that's back in the days when newspapers had all the money. And I'm sure your listeners, a lot of your listeners to this podcast will know that, you know, back in the 80s and the 90s, newspapers were printing money. And uh, it was a great place to learn the media business. And uh, so I was able to take, take those things that I had learned and apply them to radio when I got back in, thanks to Tim Shears at uh, MNN Radio Networks in 2002. Right. And that's kind of when, when you and I first connected. But just to backtrack a little bit, I, I think it's, for, for those that are new to radio, it is amazing you brought up that situation where you couldn't get a job as an account executive in radio it was so very challenging i had a similar experience myself when i graduated from college i'm like oh no problem i'm going to get a job selling chicago radio uh, because that's what i want to do and yet they were like no you need to go somewhere else and get some skills and get some experience and it, it led us to different career paths as, as well so 
you go in a newspaper and then um, that brought you back. You did some of the direct mail, which is very interesting because that as well is an industry that hasn't had the, the best of times. Um, but it brought you back to radio then, right? Yeah. Yeah. At the m and Radio Networks. And it was, I was hired uh, by Tim Shears as the general sales manager. And um, they had four radio properties there. They had the Minnesota News Network. Minnesota Farm Network, and then two AM stations. Uh, one was an all-news station. Another one was a good old music of your life, 60 to death demo that we that we had. And, uh, it, you know, talk about a diverse um, product line, uh, if you will. Um, and, and again, all of that sales and management experience that I was able to bring to the radio really helped us out because, you know, you, you needed to have four very specific plans of attack to grow those um, those different entities and and you know while we were the we we were the big guys on the block with the Minnesota News Network we were the littlest guys on the block um, in the Twin Cities marketplace you know because here I am I, I'm I'm general sales manager trying to come up with a with a sales plan for two AM stations when I'm sitting there swimming in a sea of forty two radio stations and this was before. HD radio. This all, before all the sub channels. Uh, so here I had eight, you know, two AM state, you know, two little pea shooter stations. One didn't even cover the full marketplace. You got to have a good hook, and uh, I think that's where this is going because big deals was my hook. Well, you're right. That does segue very nicely into my next question. You know, because a lot of our listeners to this podcast are in a similar boat. Uh, they might have. Uh, independent radio stations or a couple of stations in a larger mid-sized market where they're up against, you know, some of the industry's larger companies and uh, maybe they have a, a fringe suburban station and they're looking to just kind of establish themselves. So uh, when you're in this challenge in the Minneapolis market with two AMs up against a uh, FM dominated measured market, what were some of the things you did and some of the things uh, that may not have worked and some of the things that did work uh, eventually, obviously leading to your new career? So share those with us. Sure. Well, um, you know, there's a whole separate story to be told about the, the approach uh, to the Minnesota News Network. But I'll, but I'll zero in on the stations because that was that was the most fun part about what I did and really what determined my career path uh, thereafter. So a few days after I was sitting, uh, I'd started at, at uh, MNN. I'm sitting in my office and I'm listening to that music of your life station. I love all kinds of music. I mean, my, as you know, my Spotify account is probably the most random. I've got 3000 saved song titles on my Spotify. By the way, it's, it's okay to be a hardcore Spotify user and also uh, a six or seven hour day radio listener. I can prove that. Uh, but I'm sitting in my office and I'm trying to kind of wrap my head around this company and I'm listening to KLBB, the music of your life station coming out after one o'clock right out of the news. And I'm waiting for, you know, some big song, you know, Dean Martin, ain't that a kick in the head or something, you know, big to start the hour. And all of a sudden I hear this goofy kind of merry-go-round carnival music coming on the radio and this guy comes on and he says, welcome to the good times super saver hour. I'm your host, Roy Smith. And boy, have we got a great show for you today. Today, Tavern on Grand Restaurant 
in St. Paul on Grand Avenue is back on the Super Saver. You know Tavern on Grand, home of the walleye dinner. Today, we've got gift certificates. We're selling their $20 certificates. We're selling them for 14 bucks. But today and today only during the show, if you buy two or more, we'll sell them to you for 12 bucks. So give us a call. And they rattle off the phone. Remember, this is 2002, right? Give us a call. And then he goes on to the next item. The squeaky clean car wash just came back on. $20, blah, 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 blah. He rattles through about five or six different businesses that they've got gift certificates to. And I'm sitting there trying to work. And now this thing has my full attention. I have no idea what's going on. Now, I didn't grow up with shopping shows or radio auctions. I grew up in the suburbs of Minneapolis. Ain't no shopping shows on KQRS FM and uh, or WBBM in Chicago or The Loop. Um, and I'm and so I, I walk I get up out of my chair and I walk down to Tim Shear's office. I said, what's going on in KLBB? He said, that's our super saver. I said, what's a super saver? He goes, well, that's where we go out and we talk to businesses about getting gift certificates to their business. We put them on the air and we sell the gift certificates and we give them advertising. Now, remember, I came from the newspaper and direct mail industry where margins are much, much tighter. You can't trade a paperclip at a newspaper. And I'm sitting, this thing hit me like the proverbial Roadrunner Coyote anvil over the head. I said, you mean to tell me you've got a program that allows you, that an average, a local business to trade for their advertising? I, I, this changed my life. I was like, this is the, this is brilliant. And I thought I was the only guy in the whole world that had this thing. And this became my lab rat. Uh, I, and this became my central focus for not only KLBB, but also that all news station. And, but I, I didn't like the business model. So we, we kind of worked on that. For those of you who have done radio auctions in the past, you'll know that a lot of radio stations, uh, wait, they, they don't, they don't let the advertising out until they've sold all or a portion of the certificates. And I always thought, you know, that's a crappy handshake. If we're going to do business together, let's do business together. But what I did is I started to put a small check in there and said, okay, you know, it's a thousand dollar ad package. Give me 199 bucks and I'll front you the ad schedule. And now the rest of it's on me to sell the advertising where the certificates, well, we struck a chord and, uh, the salespeople, uh, several of our salespeople got it. Long story short, over the course of the next seven and a half years, we were really first into developing e-commerce. Um, we we had an e-commerce site at our stations back when you know there were only really two industries that were doing e-commerce business. One were the airlines, and two was this little bookstore online. It was called Amazon. Maybe you've heard of it. So we were really early to the game. And so what we learned to do was to still keep that, what was called the Good Time Super Saver Show, keep that show alive on the radio, but we continued to grow online. And we watched our sales ex literally explode from going from a few thousand dollars a month uh, to the point where we're doing close to a half a million bucks a year. And of course, you know, they always say imitations are the greatest form of flattery. All of a sudden, these big guys in the marketplace, there's some stations, maybe you've heard of a WCCO radio, Heritage Radio Station. They started copying us on our show. And uh, that's when I knew that I really had something. And our, and our advertisers absolutely loved what we were doing with them. 
uh, one of the advertisers said, you know what? We love your community of listeners that you bring to our business. And, and that is, you know, that's what's always fueled me in this business is how can I create a better solution for a small business? Well, there's a great deal to unpack there, Scott. But uh, first, let me back up and thank you for sharing that origin story because I think that's very important uh, for our listeners to understand kind of how this uh, business that you've now grown over the last decade and a half uh, to be a significant factor for many radio stations across the country. There was, you mentioned the salespeople and uh, getting them to adapt to it, which I want to explore in a minute. Uh, But first, let's start with the element of you adding the cash portion to the trade program, which uh, seems to have opened up a lot of doors for you. Let's maybe uh, harbor on that for a little bit. Why do you think that was something that all of a sudden got the advertiser's attention? And here you were offering a 100% trade element. You said, well, no, actually, it's going to cost you something. That seems a bit ironic that that's what opened the door to uh, that business. I've always felt like by by putting that little cash piece in, it 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 compelled the business that we were talking to to have some skin in the game. I mean, certainly the carrot was, hey, we're going to release this schedule. And by the way, when we when we sign up a business, when I when I open up a new market, what I recommend we do is three month three month uh, programs uh, because we want those businesses to feel the power of those radio stations going to work or that radio station going to work for that business. And at the same time, now we're cycling the gift certificates through the marketplace. So people are showing up at the front door either because they heard it on the radio or because they've got a gift certificate in hand. Yeah, that was a fundamental shift. And I and once I realized I, I was fortunate enough to be sponsored by Roger Utenamer to join the Idea Bank. And when I was telling these guys about how we went to market with our program, and first of all, I realized that there were, there were stations all over the country that were doing this, particularly in the upper Midwest. They've been doing shopping shows and radio auctions for 40 years. And they kind of looked at me funny when I, and they said, well, why do you, why do you ask them for cash? And I said, well, I said, totally honest, number one, because we can get it. Number two, it makes for a better relationship. And of course, now we're releasing the advertising schedule and, you know, business, I've always believed that if a business, somebody is agreeing to a uh, some type of a package or proposal, whatever you put in front of them, they typically want to get going with it right away. So that that's just, that's kind of how we started. And, um, and the other bonus was that the salespeople took it more seriously because now those little checks, you know, if it's a hundred bucks or 150 bucks or 250 bucks a month, those little buggers start to add up. And and so that really helped get the attention of the sales force because typically what happens with stations, and for those of you who are listening who have had these programs in the past, you know it's it's kind of a last resort for an accountant. Like, well, I tried to sell them an annual. I tried to sell them a three-month. I tried to sell them sports. I tried to sell them you know, this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, well, that didn't work. So I'm like, well, how about you do our shopping show? Well, that's... That's backwards thinking. You want this to be a first resort. If you're talking to a restaurant, why wouldn't you bring a cash and trade proposal to them um, to start the relationship and then walk them into other products and services that you've got? Well, that seems like a logical progression of the program, uh, but you brought up 
the salespeople, and I want to explore that in a minute. You know, obviously, uh, you work not just initially with your local staff there in the radio station in Minneapolis, but then now you've introduced this product to uh, scores of stations across the country and probably have dealt with hundreds of individual radio sellers. And I want to talk about getting them on board anytime radio stations. Uh, do anything new, whether it's digital, whether it's a sports, whether a video, high school games, whatever they're going to be doing next. Uh, it's always hard to maybe get the sellers on board. So let's let's talk about that in a second. But first, let's take a break here, and when we return to the cool radio story of Scott. Murray. Hi, are you looking for a video solution? Have your high school, local high school, said, "Hey, you may need to do some video of our games if you want to keep broadcasting them." Well, we just might have the solution for you. Call us at Cool Radio Streaming to find out more about our video streaming platforms. Call us at 708-267-4540 or visit us online, coolradiostreaming.com. Now in video. Welcome back. We're listening to the cool radio story of Scott Murray, president of Big Deals Media, a platform for radio stations across the country uh, that deals with certificates and the e-commerce of uh, selling certificates online as a way of enhancing revenues at local radio stations. Uh, Scott, right before the break, we were talking about the sales team and you had given your origin story about how this actually, uh, this business that you've now developed has started as a, a a local radio station programming concept. And now over the course of the last dozen years or so, you have implemented into a little over 100 markets, probably a couple hundred radio stations that are part of the Big Deals Media Network. And um, you have a very interesting approach to affiliates once you sign them on and that you go actually start making sales calls. Uh, Part of the service that you provide is when you are getting ready to launch this program, you visit the market and spend a couple of days with uh, the local sales teams at these radio stations. And I think that experience and, and what you've learned through the, the dozen years or so you've been doing this is probably so valuable to our listener base. So I want to talk about when you introduce this new concept to sales teams, how do you go about that? And then what's kind of the pushback and what's the aha moments uh, as you're more or less training these salespeople to sell a new product? That's, uh, that's some great questions. Um, first, I think that the most important thing that we all need to realize, you know, is, 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 you know, of course, the first thing you see when you, you know, if you're talking about big deals is you see a website. This is not a software solution. This is a sales marketing and promotion solution for your radio stations that you own. You think about the, you know, when I start to position this with the staff and not just the salespeople, but also the management, it's like, you guys are going to get into the retail business. Okay. Only your store is not a brick and mortar store. It is an online store filled with dozens and dozens of gift certificates to local businesses that is all wrapped up in shop local, buy local, and save money. And so that's where we start the conversation. So before I even, before I come into the market, we talk about the, you know, why are we doing this? And um, I spend a good couple, two or three hours via Zoom 
with the sales staff and I take them through a progression of topics um, that we're going to cover. So I because I need, obviously I need the buy-in from the sales team. Um, and what's interesting too, is that uh, more and more now, you know, we're only as good as the leadership at the radio stations and more and more now the, the, the leadership at the stations before they sign a, a contract with us, they'll put me in front of the sales team so that they get a chance to meet me and, you know, take a walk through this thing before, because they want the sales team to buy this. They don't want to sign a contract and then say, hey, guess what? We're doing this now. I think that's um, that's how management is evolving. So when we do the, before I come into the market, we do a couple of uh, Zoom meetings. We talk about the why. We talk about the categories of business that we know make the best partners. And I really stress to the sales team, you know, digital, and I'm sure we're going to talk more about this today. It's digital, digital, digital. Um, but digital means so many different things, um, depending on who you're talking to. Big Deals is a digital solution with a radio wrapper. Or for the radio hardcores, it's a radio solution with a digital wrapper because we're bringing the, we're bringing the advertiser an integrated solution that includes radio, that includes a digital ad uh, on their, the website. And of course, now you've got that traffic driving mechanism. So that's part of the education process. And uh, of course, we've put together kind of predetermined investment levels, good, better, best, that I tell the sales team, look, this is, this is not the be all end all, but this will work. These, these three investment levels that your management has given me, you know, so if the average spend in the marketplace is $1,000 a month, we'll build the investment levels around that with that cash and trade solution. We're very methodical about the way that we, we, we introduce this product because it's got to make sense for the market. And most importantly, it's got to make sense for that sales team. So we, we take them through that whole process. And then we say, you know, we want you to develop a list of, let's say, 35 to 40 target businesses based on the categories that we've shown you because you guys know them. I know the categories, but you guys know your market. So let's go partner with the best businesses in these categories. And so then we set up an appointment calendar, 12 to 14 appointments. I come into the market, spend a couple, couple hours, excuse me, a few days uh, working with that sales team, getting to know the market, getting to know the characters. And uh, that puts jumper cables on the whole sales process um, because that's, you know, it's it all starts with sales. You can have great software, but if you don't have any inventory in the store, that's not going to do a whole lot for you. Fair enough. So let's talk about getting inventory into the store. So you make these, uh, you've done your work of training the sales staff and now you're out there on your uh, market visit and you're making sales calls and you're visiting with oh, retailers of all shapes and sizes. Uh, I know some restaurant category, liquor stores are all big uh, proponents of this program across the country and I'm sure there's other great categories. But when you're out there presenting this product directly to the potential clients, what's some of the feedback uh, that they're giving to you? What are some of the things that you have found uh, really open them up to that conversation that leads to eventually them signing up uh, for the program. Uh, you mentioned the three months, which uh, minimum commitment, which I think is a vital uh, part of the success of this program. And, and just in general, though, the advertisers uh, in these local retailers locations, 
how are they uh, accepting the programs? What are their pushbacks? And how do you overcome some of uh, maybe some of their initial concerns about, you know, oh, my radio guy now doing some digital marketing for me? Um, it seems like that could open the door. But at the same time, I know that it's not that easy. So maybe share with us some of your experiences as you've tried to push and market this particular program around the country. So let's start with a new Let's that uh, let's start with a new market that really has had very little or no gift certificate marketing activity taking place because we run into, you know, we run into markets where no one has ever sold a gift certificate at all, and in other markets, there's you know we're the third guy in, um, and Bemidji, Minnesota is a perfect example of that, um, but it doesn't matter whether you're first, second, or third in, it matters how you, it's how you execute uh, the program. When we're meeting with a new business, um, I, I'm very methodical in the, a very, um, uh, try and be as plain spoken as possible. And, you know, the, the cool thing that new sellers really like about big deals is that for the very first time, they actually have a visual element to show uh, the prospective business. And, you know, that's a hard thing for, for a seller to a new seller to overcome with radio. It's like you're, you're selling air, you're talking air, there's nothing to show them, um, except maybe your, you know, your presentation packet in front of them. So I bring a, I bring a big surface uh, computer with me, a tablet, and uh, show them exactly how it could look for their business and walk them through how we give them full 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 retail value for their certificates we front them the ads that three-month ad schedule and what we ask for in return are gift certificates that we're able to sell that are restriction free and i spend literally half of a of a zoom meeting talking about how important it is that the gift certificates that we get from a business are um, as restriction-free as somebody buying a Target gift card for someone else. They are good towards anything in the store. And that's really what makes our program different from other businesses, excuse me, from, from other programs out there because we're not, we're not playing that game of, of one per customer or good Sunday through Thursday only. All those things that you would put into a coupon. Remember, I worked in the direct mail industry for three years. I mean, I could write a book on restrictions. We don't want any of them on gift certificates because they're purchased. Generally speaking, we will have a 75% close ratio on the initial calls that we make. You know, as a business owner, I'm always asking myself, am I still relevant? You know, I've been doing this for 11 years now. And before that, I was running the radio stations for seven years. So this isn't a new concept. But the way that we put this together when we're introducing it to a marketplace it feels new. It still feels new. And what's great about it is that typically in, uh, I'll get, I'll have one meeting that jumps out, um, in that market trip where so after we've presented our program, they'll put the pieces of paper down and they'll look at me and they'll say, did you think of this? And I'll say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I, I did. And, and, uh, they said, you know what, this really makes sense. This is a really good idea. And then they sign up for the program. <laughs> well, and, and it's interesting because you say the concept's not new. And obviously it's not because for, you know, dozens of years or scores of years, radio stations have been doing it. 
the penny saver, the dish, the auctions, the, the various uh, tradeo. We obviously bids for bargains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so that has been out there. Where you your company has has brought this together is you modernized it, right? You've brought it into the technological world that we are living in. And the radio station then all of a sudden becomes kind of a leader locally as well. Um, because, hey, here's a digital program that is enhanced by the radio, right? You bet. And, and so you, you're bringing this whole uh, old concept, you know, with new clothes on, I guess, uh, with that. And the the other element of it is not just to get new advertisers, but I, I remember talking to you one time about businesses that have enhanced their presence on a radio station uh, by augmenting their maybe cash buy. So maybe there was an advertiser that was doing some things on the radio via cash. They wanted to be play a bigger role. Maybe they wanted to sponsor uh, a newscast or you know get more frequency. And the deals program was one way they could accomplish that, right? It's a it is a wonderful um, incremental sales tool. Uh, where, you know, let's say you've got three radio stations and you've got an advertiser that's running on one. Um, the, the, uh, we, we call it a match program. That's a, it's a term I stole from one of my affiliates. I, st- by the way, I steal the best ideas from my clients, uh, all over the country. And then we make them ours and it, it makes us sound really smart because we work with a lot of really smart broadcasters. Um, but one of my clients called it a match program. So we go into an, um, uh, an advertiser who's, let's say spending $1,500 a month on station XYZ. And we say, Hey, tell you what, we're, we've got this brand new gift certificate marketing program. Now, normally we charge, uh, there's a cash piece to this. We're not going to ask you for a, a, a single nickel cash, but what we're going to offer you is the opportunity to take on a second station. We're going to double your advertising, uh, uh, on the state, on our company by adding a second station. And we're going to do it hundred percent trade. And we'll continue to offer that to you every single month, as long as you're spending what you're spending. So, you know, the, the thing that comes up, you know, when you get into the um, approaching an existing cash customer, that always sends the hair up on the back of GMs or sales managers necks. And it's like, oh boy, we don't, we don't want to touch them. It's like, you know, first of all, let's reward them. They're writing you a check every single month. If, if they think, if you think this would be of value to them, Let's go to them before they come back to us. I mean, the last thing you want to do is uh, bypass a restaurant who's writing you a check for $1,000 a month. And you've got a gift certificate marketing program that is designed specifically for restaurants. So let's manage that message. Let's come to them and let's bring them an incremental sales opportunity and we'll tie it back to their existing spend. So we're tying it back to their contract. And we've done this. You know, in any given market, we'll do this anywhere from two to 10 times. Um, and it it's great because it, it really cements, further cements that relationship that you've got with that advertiser. Well, and it, the, the, the other element that lays on top of all that is accountability in that, you know, one of the things I always loved about this program was these certificates, which I want to mention, are either paper or digital, which once again is hello technology and welcome to you know 2020. Um, 
you we had you have the ability to do all of this electronically right so um you know and that just is making the radio station look like they're on the cutting edge as well right that hey we not only are we going to put you on this program of certificates mr advertiser but we're going to make you look really modern because the customers are going to be able to use their iPhones and their smartphones to, to uh, you know, purchase or, or to actually uh, use a certificate at your business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, you know, we've had mobile certificates for many years, but you had to log into your account to get them. And uh, so we came out with an app uh, about a year and a half ago, and it has really um, changed the way our new affiliates go to market. Um, uh, so by offering a uh, software supplied paper or mobile certificate. You're right. It, it significantly perception is everything and businesses like to be considered cutting edge. They also like to be, um, they like to be digital, right? Everyone wants to have some kind of digital presence. Well, this just enhances that relationship. And you're right. That app allows a consumer to shop and buy and also redeem certificates right from the app. And the, the cool thing about it, Tom, is that we've designed the certificate uh, uh, that, so it's a very high tech, so I call it a high tech solution with a very low tech application. There's no scanning, there's no QR codes. We're not asking the advertiser to do anything like call in or log in. Um, uh, they, all they do is they watch the business, uh, excuse me, the consumer redeem that certificate in front of them. And uh, it's, again, it's seamless, it's easy, and it's fast. And, you know, when you're working with restaurants, that's really important. And that reflects the entire radio station's image in that local market as well. You know, like, once again, we were just saying it makes them look like they're, you know, on the cutting edge. They've got digital program. They've got e-commerce program. They have digital gift certificates. But also what is happening underlying all of this is the accountability factor in that these certificates are being redeemed, right? So um, unlike a, a, maybe an old newspaper days or it'd be a two for one and you'd have to rip it off. And you know, I remember local retailers would say, oh, I know my newspaper works because uh, people rip my ads out for two for one and they bring it here. Well, you kind of getting the same impact with these certificates at the local level too. Um, you know, you have these certificates being redeemed and maybe a guy has a $25 gift certificate for the restaurant. And so that means he orders, uh, you know, the shrimp cocktail or he gets an extra bottle of wine because he thinks he's got, you know, 25 bucks sitting in his pocket to the restaurant. They're like, oh, here's a customer spent a whole lot more than $25 in my store and the radio station brought him to my store my restaurant. Absolutely. And um, again, this is, you know, my, my background in the, in the newspaper and direct mail business. I think that's why I became so smitten with this concept because let I me, mean, let's face it. And we're talking to a room full of radio guys and I'm, and I'm one of you radio, uh, uh, you know, I'll keep the sermon short, but it is, it is without question the most cost-effective mass medium for a local business to, brand and grow top of mind awareness for their business. That's the good news. The bad news is, and TV has the same problem. It is very difficult to prove your uh, performance when uh, with a, with a radio message or a TV message. I mean, there's no tangible 
There's no tangible transaction that's taking place. And as a newspaper and a direct mail guy, I always knew how to run the radio and TV guys out because I'd just do a big coupon. And I, you know, and if I really wanted to soup it up, I'd put up put the ad on a post-it note and stick it on the front page of the newspaper. And and so what we've been able to do with this big deals program is marry the best of both worlds. We're bringing all of the inherent strengths of radio and we're marrying it to those gift certificates, those transactional capabilities, um, that proof of performance, quite honestly, because at the end of the day, small business equates success with their advertising with pieces of paper or some some kind of counting that is taking place, you know, f- people that are following them on Facebook and and the whole bit uh, there. I mean, there's just so much that you could you could talk about from there. But coupons and gift certificates are the they're, they're distant cousins. Uh, the thing they have in common is they provide proof for performance. Well, that's another aspect of your program that I found very fascinating and, and attractive as a radio station owner, and that was the idea that there was a accountability but metrics as well right so you have a website that you are driving people to as a radio station inside that web page is a number of other smaller pages for each retailer and then that's being measured as well so you can go to a retailer at the end of the month the quarter the schedule and say hey you know, we had 1,500 uh, web page views of your page alone, and we've sold X number of certificates, and you got these many commercials. And in addition, uh, you know, w- we included you in a bunch of emails. And that, I believe, really raises radio's game to local retailers. So talk a bit about uh, the metrics and some of the things uh, that you provide that is far more, you know, significant to the retailer than, you know, uh, Arbitron ratings or Nielsen ratings, dating myself, Nielsen ratings of the past uh, estimates. And, and many of these markets you deal with don't even have those audience ratings. So let's talk about the metrics and how that kind of raises the profile of the radio station in the community. Uh, amen. Um, you know, in this day and age, um, uh, almost everything out there in the marketing world now, thanks to digital, is trackable. There's something to count. And so, um, yeah, we've got this neat little, what we call an advertiser performance report that account executives can access for any of their businesses and they can bring it out and they can say, we just want to show you all the cool things that what that you may or may not be aware of. Here are the, here are the number of commercials that we run for you. Here are the number of advertiser profile views on that digital ad. Here are the number of certificates we've sold. Here are the number of email marketing impressions that we have created for you because email marketing is an integral part of what we do at Big Deals. And we actually have our own engine built into the software and we actually email for our affiliates. Um, And again, all that goes back to the advertiser and all of, you know, proof of performance. And I want to add something that, you know, you touched on just a minute ago. It, this, this program puts ties the account executive and the radio stations to their cash registers really for the very first time. You are now a partner in their business because you are driving new business. And like you said, you are driving incremental business that gift certificates create as well. Well, and it works. You know, it, it's. I know it has increased the revenue at a number of radio stations across the country because I've actually had the good fortune of Scott of being at Oh, a couple of your affiliate 
meetings that you have and where other radio station managers and owners gather together in a, a pretty exclusive group that shares openly um, the, the good news and some of the challenges of uh, selling uh, a coupon program like the yours. And share with us if you are comfortable and maybe some of those successes, because honestly, I've sat in this room during these meetings where uh, station managers get up and they start throwing these numbers around that are honestly mind-boggling. Very small markets achieving significant cash uh, sales from this whole certificate program. So kind of walk us through maybe an example or two of a, a markets the, the, where this has really been effective. Well, as I, as I said earlier, we um, I'm so proud of the uh, broadcasters that we have partnered with to put big deals programs in. We work with some of the best local broadcasters in the country, and that really becomes apparent when we bring them together at our affiliate conferences. Uh, we do two conferences each year, and they're, they're quick. I mean, they're in and out, basically 24-hour conferences. We do a little fun in the evening with some common kind of event, but basically the 24 hours is for everyone to meet each other and to steal each other's ideas. And of course, we have uh, we always have some nice little tadas that we roll out, whether it's some new technology or or things like that. So um, it really does provide a, a, a great opportunity for others, you know. And there are some jaw dropping examples uh, that that come out of those meetings, uh, the kinds of business that people are able to generate through their big deals programs. I think um, you know. In this business, it's hard. There's a lot of good ideas out there, but you know which ones stick. And I can give you a couple of examples um, of affiliates that we started working with in my very first year in 2010 that are still with us. And one of them is in uh, Mankato, Minnesota, which is a really nice size. I guess if they if they wanted Nielsen ratings, they'd have them. Um, uh, I think market of about 75,000 people in so southwestern Minnesota. It's really, it's representative of uh, the markets that we tend to do really well in. Um, a kind of our sweet spot, it's it's a big sweet spot, but, you know, we work in markets as small as eight or 10,000 people, you know, county size 20 to 30,000 on up to, uh, you know, let's just say markets the size of Appleton, Green Bay, those the uh, Wisconsin so markets one thirty um, those tend to be th those everything up to that size tends to be a good fit for us but we work in uh, Mankato they were our third affiliate and um, proud to say that that market is still going very strong um, another market that uh, uh, kind of on the other end of the spectrum would be Alexandria Minnesota you know I, I live in Minneapolis so most of our new affiliates came from Minnesota and then we started to grow out from there but. Alexandria um, has been year in and year out one of our absolute top performers that we have started from dollar one. And people say, well, how much revenue can we do? Well, um, case in point, Alexandria, Minnesota, town of 16,000 people. It's uh, halfway between Minneapolis and Fargo. So some people call that the center of the universe and other people call that the middle of nowhere. But, um, you know, it's a rural area, that it's, but it's also a lakes region. So they have a big summertime population. That big, uh, big deals program historically has done between 20, excuse me, between 200 and $300,000 a year. They typically win our big dog, uh, uh, big deal affiliate award 
uh, each year. And uh, the, if you go to their site, you will find businesses that I signed up on the market trip in 2010, and they are still there. And the, the sales manager, it was kind of a running gag for, for years because Bruce, Bruce McCurdy, who was the sales manager there, would call me up and say, hey, I got great news. Hunan Garden Restaurant just re-upped for the 37th time. I mean, so just to make sure our listeners caught that, a market of 16,000 people is doing nearly $300,000 in cash revenue through the sales of big deal media certificates. That's correct. And the thing I like about this um, is another aspect we didn't touch on. I'm just going to kind of sidebar this is this is actually the consumers paying for the radio, right? So people are putting their credit cards into uh, the online site. And so this is not your department, your accounting department having to chase down businesses that maybe aren't paying their bills. Right. So uh, yeah. this goes right into the bank account every time these sales are done. And uh, it, so that is another element of this we hadn't touched on. Um, but finally, I, I did want to, uh, there's two things actually I wanted, as long as we're talking about specifically the company uh, and, and big deals, what you've done most recently, and this uh, came about uh, down at Kate is Kentucky, uh, when we heard about a remarkable program that you helped uh, develop with um, Beth Mann down there, and it has to do with fundraising and a whole new element of connecting the radio station to their community. And it's been a, a, a tremendous success that you've now grown. So let's talk about what that fundraising component of the big deals is, but more importantly, what is it doing for local radio stations? So, you know, you never want to say good things come out of a global pandemic, but in this case, um, they did. Uh, Beth Mann, uh, for those of you, and I'm sure most of your listeners have you either know her or have heard of her, um, she is a remarkable broadcaster. And not only is she run great radio stations, but she is uh, uber community involved. And she has been a very active member in the, I think I've got it right, it's Trig County uh, uh, Rotary Club for many, many years. And one of the things that that organization has hung its hat on, and this is a pop, this is a county of eleven thousand people. One of the uh, one of the things that that organization has hung its hat on for a long time is that they have this, the, the distinction of running the largest fundraising auction in the world fundraiser for the Trigg County uh, Rotary Club, and uh, so you can imagine when the pandemic hit. Um, in 2020, uh, there was a there was a serious. She was uh, facing a serious problem because the way that they took the bids was to have a, a conference room full of phone lines coming in that they had set up specifically for this auction. Well, now all of a sudden the building's locked down, and you guys know how that story went. And so she called me one day and she said, "I got an idea, and I want to run this by you." She said. Um, we can't do our rotary auction the way that we've done it. And of course I knew all about it. She's a wonderful customer of ours and I've known her for many, many years. 
um, she said, I was wondering if we might be able to use your big deals site and we'll need to, you know, figure out some way to compensate you. And I said, stop right there. I said, if you're doing this for your community, I said, there's no fees, just use the site. And boy, oh boy, I had no idea what I was walking into, <laughs> but, uh, um, the, 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 I think the first year they did, so they had to move everything online. And uh, I don't remember the exact counts in year one, but I can tell you in year two, there were, we've got an online auction component in our software. Last year, there were 630 items that they were auctioning. And it was everything from a, a, a cherry pie up to a $35,000 Kubota tractor. And they raised $233,000 through that website in a one, in a one week period. And I'm telling you, I mean, there was so much traffic on our websites. We had to double down uh, on our server capacity just to accommodate people. At one point, there were over 3,000 people on the website bidding and buying. Uh, and, and, and again, that's a service that we provide to our affiliates. Um, if, if you're doing something for your community, whether it's the auction uh, or excuse me, the Rotary or the United Way, like um, Lou Vito just did in Bell Fountain, Ohio, um, that's a that is a, that's something you are welcome to use, and we are proud to do that. And the the, the benefit for the for the radio station in doing this, aside from all the PR benefits, is the fact that uh, they uh, they are they're growing their email database because there's so many new people hitting that site. <laughs> That, that's a one element I didn't even think of because I I had heard these stories and I was like, wow, what a great way for the radio station to kind of simplify a process that's invaluable to the local communities and the amount of monies um, that you, know, you had shared is just, it's mind blowing. Uh, Scott, before I let you go, you do travel the country, at least hopefully you're getting back to doing that. I know you were kind of shut in for a while, but you visit with a lot of radio stations across the country. You're talking to owners and managers uh, routinely every day in your business. What are you hearing? What's the temperature out there? How are people pe- people feeling? <laughs> well, um, uh, I think it's universal that they are looking for uh, they're looking for quality individuals to represent their their radio station. At, you know, recruitment. It always seems like it's a it, it's an issue in most markets, but you know, of course, it's more pronounced now than than probably in you know the last fifteen years. Um, and I think it is incumbent upon uh, you know management and radio and owners and radio stations to uh, you know you're going to have to up your game. And and you know when when Target is hiring folks for as much as twenty five bucks an hour. Um, it, you've got to take a good look at your compensation structure. I mean, to, and, and provide a, you know, a really solid opportunity um, and, and allow yourself the opportunity to invest in these individuals. Um, that, that to me is the, the biggest challenge because even though there's all kinds of competition out there with digital, you guys still hold a very key position in the marketplace. Your radio stations are a franchise um, that the FCC is not allowing new licenses for every single day. And um, it is incumbent upon your organizations to have good rep- representation because 
more than anything else, I mean, those are the those are the faces of your radio stations that 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 the business community sees. Yeah, and and quite honestly, maybe um, a program like this can be uh, an attractive thing because it does reek of modernism, right? And it's its ability to bring all sorts of digital components to the radio station as well. It is uh, it's it's frightening to I, I just a few weeks ago I was in a in a community that I shall remain nameless, but I, there were two sellers, and we're, I work with a lot of stations with two sellers. One seller was in his late fifties and one seller was two years out of college. Their approach to this program is entirely different, um, but they arrived at the same place. Um, and it does the, 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 it, it allows a, a younger sales professional. It really speaks to the needs and the interests of a younger sales professional. Indeed. And so, well, Scott, we appreciate you sharing your cool radio story with us. Uh, I know some of our listeners are probably more interested in getting in touch with you. So how do they go about doing that? Well, you can certainly send an email. Uh, just send me an email, scott at bigdealsmedia.com. Uh, you can also reach me via phone if you like. Uh, certainly give you that number. It's uh, 651-334-8015. And we, of course, will put all of Scott's uh, details in the show notes. And we thank you again, Scott, for sharing your cool radio story with us today. Thank you for the opportunity to talk, Tom. You've been listening to Cool Radio Stories, a production of Cool Radio Streaming. For more information, show notes, guest profiles, and more, visit CoolRadioStories.com and subscribe to the podcast at Apple iTunes, Overcast, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts.